0: You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Balls. It's your team every day. I'm your host, Harry Kane. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Friday morning. Congratulations. We've made it to the weekend, so everybody clap your hands. It is five-star Friday. I'm going to give you guys some shout-outs in segment number three of this show for the leaving a positive review and, of course, throwing me some five-stars. So I appreciate that. Got a loaded show here today. In segment number one, Ben McKee of Rivals.com, VolQuest.com, and, of course, at the Swain event will check back in with us and give us a lowdown on Tennessee's new basketball recruits this week. Tennessee has added a lot to that roster and a lot to be excited about. In segment number two, John Wilkerson, voice of the Tennessee baseball team, is going to step in and break down Tennessee versus Vanderbilt, a big Crucial top five series matchup in the entire country. Fighting rights for number one play uh, number one spot in the SEC East. And John Wilkerson, longtime bulls of the vaults, will check in with us on that in segment number two. And in segment number three, I'm gonna break down yet another Tennessee football recruit or a commit rather that came down the wire early Thursday morning. So we'll tie a bow on this show here on a Friday, guys. Appreciate it. Eric Kane, your host at LogTonValls at underscore Kane. Or you can follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, the Odyssey app, all that and more Monday through Friday when you wake up in the morning. Without further ado, here's my good buddy Ben McKee breaking down the latest on Tennessee basketball signees. I got three questions for you. So all I want to ask you, Tennessee, a monster week in terms of basketball, really basketball and football recruiting, but more so basketball. I'm going to ask you about both of these players, but first, just overall Tennessee basketball compared from Monday to Friday morning. I mean, how much of an improvement is this team just because of what it's done on the recruiting trail?
1: It's, it's drastic. <laughs> I think that's the best word uh, to describe what has transpired. I mean, it's pretty remarkable when you look on paper, the departures. I mean, uh, seven players are are gone. Uh, Eve Ponds uh, graduated off to the professional ranks. Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, they're off to the NBA. And then you have four transfers, Corey Walker, E.J. Anasiki, Devontae Gaines, and Drew Pember. Uh, so not only the, the seven players leaving, but then you have two assistant coaches leave. Desmond Oliver takes the head coaching job at East Tennessee State. Um Kim English takes the, the job at George Mason and it's all of a sudden it's Rick Barnes, Mike Schwartz, and, and <laughs> Josiah, Jordan James, Santiago Vescovi, uh, Victor Bailey Jr. And and, yeah. <laughs> and then John Fulkerson is, is up in the air. I believe we will see John Fulkerson back in a Tennessee uniform next season, but this roster needed to be flipped and, Rick Barnes has done so drastically, uh, absolutely drastically. I mean, that is the best word to use and to, to outsiders. I would imagine if they saw the list of attrition that it would raise some eyebrows, but, uh, Tennessee's basketball is, is roster is going to look significantly different, but it's for the better Tennessee needed these changes and it's, it's changes that apply to kind of multiple areas, uh, in terms of what the roster can uh, accomplish and and kind of fixing what it wasn't able to accomplish uh, last season. Obviously, everybody knows Kennedy Chandler's coming in. That's been known for a while. Jabai Meshack, he's coming in. That's been known for a while. Uh, But now they've gone out and gotten uh, Brandon Huntley, Hadfield, uh, and none of these are in order. Um, Brandon, a five-star forward, power forward, uh, can can play uh, with his – face face facing the basket. Or uh, if you want to kind of typically you you say, okay, that forward plays with his back to the basket. Brandon can do that, but uh, he also is very, very nice basketball prospect in terms of his size of being able to attack the basket as a, as a ball handler, just a, a freak athlete, uh, just an excellent basketball talent. He's a five-star for a reason. Uh, so you add him, that, that helps fix the, the post issues. Uh, you add James Adu, I, I, I guess that's how you say his last name. We need a Tom Sack Koyak video on Twitter to help us pronounce these names. Uh, Jonas is one of those names. So uh, Jonas is coming in, borderline five-star, according to Rivals. I believe Rivals has him as the number 33 overall prospect in the country, was was going to go to Marquette, but Steve Wojciechowski at Marquette was fired. Shaka Smart hired and he decides to back off of his commitment and, and commit to Tennessee. So those are two post players that are going to help you fix the post issues, or they are supposed to at least. And, you know, E.J. Aniseki, Drew Pember, uh, Corey Walker, more of a wing, but a guy that can can play in the post if you need him to, Devontae Gaines as well. You lose some post players, but significant upgrades in in the two that have committed um, this, this week, in Brandon Hundley Hatfield and, and then uh, Jonas, Adu, do. Uh, those, those guys, and assuming John Fulkerson comes back, should significantly improve the post play and be able to take pressure off of Kennedy Chandler, uh, Josiah, Victor Bailey Jr., Santiago, and we haven't talked about Justin Powell yet, but the transfer from Auburn, uh, he's probably your starting shooting guard, uh, your starting guard who is off the ball playing next, next, next to Kennedy Chandler. Uh, these post players help take pressure off of him as well.
0: So Jonas Adu, is he a guy that's going to come in? And I feel I look at him as like a developmental guy that's going to come in. He'll get some minutes. He won't get starter minutes. Um, You know, he'll get better and better. But he's going to develop over time into what uh, Tennessee thinks he can be down the road. Whereas I think, you know, Huntley Hatfield can come in and be an immediate, you know, play starter minutes and give this team a huge lift uh, just from stepping on the court day one.
1: Yeah, I think Jonas Adu is more of a project Uh, And and this offseason will be critical uh, for him in terms of early playing time. I I view him more as a a two-and-done, maybe a three-and-done type of of player. He's not a four-year basketball player. If he's a four-year basketball player, then something went wrong, either uh, a a bad evaluation on Tennessee's part, um, because whether it's fair or unfair, uh, Jonas, as a true freshman, uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield as also a true freshman but a guy who is skipping his senior season and, and reclassifying two really young guys they are expected to come in and, and fix Tennessee's post problems immediately so they are expected to contribute uh, from day one and, and that had to have been part of the evaluation for Rick Barnes and his coaching staff so if if Jonas is a four-year player, then to me, something went wrong in his evaluation. Something went wrong in his development. But if he's going to play from day one, as you mentioned, Eric, he's going to have to get in in the weight room um, because that's kind of the scout on him right now is that he has a lot of potential, but gaining strength uh, is vital. He has good athleticism um, and will continue to improve with his athleticism, but only if he gets stronger uh, and, and tougher, and not tougher like in a in a bad way, in the sense that he's like soft or anything like that. Don't want to try and communicate that, but he just needs to to get tougher, and, and he'll do that with experience. Uh, so so Brandon Hunley Hatfield is definitely the one that I'm kind of looking at as coming in and, and being a day one starter, uh, just because he's more polished as a basketball player and, and as an athlete right now. Whereas Jonas needs to to work on his on his body and his physique and his strength if he is going to contribute from day one. And he will contribute, uh, but it's probably going to be coming off of the bench. And, um, you know, right now, assuming Urosh is still in the roster, assuming John Fulkerson comes back, I think he'll be battling Urosh for, for kind of that third post-player's minutes. And, and Olivier Kamwa, he's also uh, set to come back as of now. Uh, so he'll be battling it out but behind Folky and, and Brandon Huntley Hatfield for kind of that third post-player
0: minutes. Appreciate you, brother, for stopping by and sharing some of your thoughts, man. And uh, we'll catch all of your work and my work on Rivals.com. Appreciate you, my friend. Big thanks to my buddy Ben McKee for stopping by and kind of breaking down the Tennessee basketball roster moving forward after a big week uh, on the recruiting trail. Bet online the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football, it might be over right now, but NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, full swing happening right now on your radios on your television sets and bet online it even covers some of the award shows the television shows reality television the grammys the espies whatever you guys want the kardashians all that at bet online real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can possibly imagine bet online has you covered for the new scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets it's completely free to sign up Head on over to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive 50% and a welcome bonus on that first deposit. All you have to do, all you have to do, use the promo code locked on. Promo code locked on for 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. They're going to give you money. They're literally going to give you money just to get started. So head on over to betonline.ag, check it all out. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every sports with the help from our local experts. You can follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I've been teasing it all week long. I've got the voice of the Tennessee baseball team, Mr. John Wilkerson with us here. John, thank you for taking the time. Man, a big series upcoming this weekend.
2: No doubt about it. It's uh, it's so exciting that you have two of the top you have two of the three teams that are tied for the lead in the Southeastern Conference and you also have the two teams that share the top spot in the Eastern Division and oh by the way, it just so happens they're in state rivals Tennessee and Vanderbilt. No doubt about it, Vanderbilt has been the gold standard in the Southeastern Conference. Tennessee is a program on the rise. In fact, their highest ranking ever, and Tennessee has yet to lose an SEC series. Only the volunteers and the Razorbacks at Arkansas can say that this season, but this no doubt about it will be their biggest challenge to date as Vanderbilt arrives for the first of three, I guess, uh, with a seven o'clock first pitch on Friday. So,
0: John, you know, we're talking about this this building of the program and Tony Vitello now, and I don't, I don't even like calling it year four because last year was a wash, no SEC play. But just how big of a series is it? What's it say to Tony Vitello and where this program was and now where it is that we're talking Tennessee and Vanderbilt, just talking about how monstrous of a series this is that the two top five teams in the country.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting because Tony Vitello isn't somebody who wants to reflect – He always wants to know what's next. He'll tell you. Uh, I asked him last week, going into Florida, which was a preseason number one. Is this your biggest challenge to date? Is this your most important series? And he goes, yes, because it's the next one. And so he would say the exact same thing about this one. And it, it comes down to it that you just have to play. You make sure that you uh you're right where you are supposed to be, and that is taking on the team in front of you. Tennessee's done that. Uh, the fact that they won two out of three at Georgia, came home, swept LSU, dropped the first one at Alabama, won the next two, and then. Won the first two against the Gators had a chance to sweep, came up short, even though they had the lead late. So I think he appreciates the way his team has approached it, and that is take care of the team in front of you. Play what you're supposed to play. Don't think about doing anything you're not supposed to do. If you're not a home run hitter, don't try to hit home runs. Play your position. Handle your responsibilities in the batter's box and see what happens next. And so I, I don't think he can wait to see what happens next because his team, as he said, just like – any good coach would say they have the opportunity; they can beat anybody, but they can also be beaten by anybody. But he's excited for the matchup.
0: Well, certainly a a tall task at hand. Um, Vanderbilt, uh, year in and year out, produces some of the base best baseball talent that goes on, and uh, you know is all over the major league baseball system. And uh, on the mound, going to have to overcome. You know, Kumar Rocker, seven and one, one eighty-eighty ERA, uh, Jack Leiter, seven and zero. 0.55 earn run average on the season those two guys have been incredible and if not for the last outing of the season for rocker his numbers would be even better than that
2: yeah uh, because georgia got them and they got to him hard when the bulldogs won that thursday night game 14 to 2 it's like there's no way that rocker pitched but he did um but everybody's gonna have a bad turn every now and then we're still waiting on lighters though uh, but it was really something that's what stood out georgia beat Kamar Rocker, and then no decision, Lighter. So going into that weekend, Bulldogs were 3-6 and six in SEC play. They take two out of three on the road against the number one team in the country, and they do so by sidestepping the two guys that, as you mentioned, they drive the engine for Vanderbilt baseball right now because when you have Rocker going on Friday, and oh, by the way, when you likely lose that one, you have to try and get well against Lighter goodness gracious. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of your chances. But that's just it. It's SEC baseball because everybody's good enough to, uh, to knock you off. And Georgia did exactly that. They, uh, the bats were awake on Thursday. They did it again in the finale on that Saturday. So tip of the cap to them. I, and I don't think that Vanderbilt's going to be completely and totally, you know, with the red backside coming here because they lost their first series. They just know that they, they get an opportunity. What's impressive is. Vanderbilt's won 15 straight on the road in SEC play. They've won their last 15 road games in conference action. So they just know that when they go out, they're going to have as good a chance to win as anybody. And and Tennessee right now has that same confidence. Um, Vanderbilt has the top team ERA in the SEC. Vanderbilt has the top team batting average in the SEC. So this is a team that the expectations are high. The bar set high. They won the last College World Series that we saw in 2019, uh, completing the best season for any SEC baseball team as they won the regular season title, they won the SEC Tournament Championship, and they won the College World Series. So I don't think there's any question that Tennessee can't wait to see how it stacks up against Vanderbilt. And with the way this team plays, I think they'll have a chance. question is, will they be able to take advantage of that opportunity? And going toe-to-toe with those guys, we will have Chad Dallas
0: later tonight, Will Heflin tomorrow, Blake – uh, Tidwell on Sunday, and uh, you know those guys are going to be excited. Last one for you, John. Um, kind of not necessarily Vanderbilt centric, but you look at this lineup for Tennessee, and you have, you know watched pretty much every at bat, if not for some traffic the other day of the season. But uh, you know Liam Spence, a midseason Golden Spikes Award watch list guy, hitting over four hundred. Uh, you've got Jake Rucker, who's been doing phenomenal this year. You got a couple of guys like Drew Gilbert, Jordan Beck, who have you know hit six home runs so far this season, over thirty RBI. Um, but it's the guys like Connor Pavaloni and Max Ferguson, who preseason All Americans, that are looking like to me that they're starting to maybe turn the corner and try to level up this lineup a little bit. Uh, this lineup's very dangerous, but I don't think it's been as dangerous as it can be so far this year.
2: Yeah, and Tony Vitello has said that consistently. He thinks the best baseball is still in front of this ball club. Which, when you're nine and three in SEC play and twenty-eight and six on the year, that means that that you have and you still have room to grow, you're doing the right things. And I think you're exactly right. Max Ferguson had an awesome night when, with the trip to Western Carolina on Tuesday. It was four for four, drove in six of Tennessee's 14 runs, and Tennessee needed every single one of them. Connor Pavaloni hit his first home run of the season in the finale against Florida. He was the leading returning home run hitter from last year's squad. So as you see, there are some guys that perhaps, as the national spotlight found them before this year got underway, that maybe they tried to overreach. Maybe they tried to do a little too much, and when things didn't go their way right out of the chute, that became more and more pressure. Uh, As long as this team just takes a deep breath, they have guys who may not have the overwhelming numbers for what they do one game to the next, but all have the opportunity and the potential to come through when you need it most. A key double for a run batted in or a home run from Luke Lipsius. Uh, You've got guys one to nine that can make a difference when you absolutely need them too. But again, the challenge is going to be what Tennessee can get done against those two star pitchers for Vanderbilt. And to me, Eric, the biggest challenge for Tennessee is their starting pitcher, I believe, is going to be key. What they get Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from Dallas, Heflin, and Tidwell – to me, will dictate their ability to compete or perhaps win this series.
0: It'll be the number three volunteers playing host to the number two Vanderbilt Commodores this weekend, Lindsay Nelson Stadium. And you can hear all the action with John Wilkerson, who joins us now on 991 thesportsanimal.com, on the FM 99 channel, AM 990, and of course, worldwide on the WML app where they stream it so john thank you so much have fun this weekend we'll be listening and hoping for another series victory
2: sure to appreciate it eric thanks for the invitation you have a great weekend as well great stuff there from the voice of
0: the tennessee baseball team john wilkerson and john's told me he enjoys a good built bar i mean there's so many different varieties there's so many different flavors 18 to be in 18 to You know, be in fact, there's six new flavors we've talked about, 12 OGs. It's the candy bar. No, no, it's not a candy bar. It's the protein bar that just looks and tastes like a candy bar. 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew. Built Bar, great for that health-conscious guy or gal. If you want to lose weight while indulging in a a delicious treat, Built Bar is for you. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, Great for that keto diet. Let's do a flavor profile, shall we? Let's check out the coconut almond. 18 grams of protein, only 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. We'll do one more. How about the cookies and cream? My favorite, 17 grams of protein, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Hey, you can get 50% off the next time you go to buildbar.com if you use the promo code lock 15 15% 15% off your next order if you use the promo code lock 15 at builtbar.com All right, we got a final segment left here on a five-star Friday. I'm your host, Eric Kane here on Locked On Balls, and we like to shout out you guys who give us a shout-out over here at Locked On Balls each and every Friday by giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts and throwing us a positive review. And uh, today I want to uh, recognize ACM Wrestling, and TD-797, ACM Wrestling and TD-797. You guys were kind enough to shoot me over five stars and a positive review this week. I can't thank you enough. Thank you guys so much for doing that. uh, It really helps me out in the long run. I encourage you guys to to do that. It can be any day, Apple Podcasts. Just go on there and uh, throw me five stars and a five-star review, and I'll give you a shout-out on next week's episode. All right, so before we get into uh, talking about Vincent Sneed, the latest Tennessee football commit, I want to remind you guys that today through the 26th, you can listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 it's presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts from every team make trades and pick the next stars for their team. All you have to do is search the Ultimate Mock Draft, Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. So we talked about some basketball commits in the last couple days. That Tennessee basketball team just got a whole lot better. We discussed Elijah Herring being the first commit for Josh Heupel in this Tennessee football team. That came down the pipe yesterday and or two days ago rather and then on Thursday we had another commit it was early in the morning about 8 30 ish Vincent Sneed a three-star defensive end from Winter Park Florida Uh, again a three-star and he went on to commit to Tennessee as well Vincent is a guy that I have spoke to many many times Uh, full disclosure he told me about a month and a half ago that he was going to commit to Tennessee it was not long after Josh Heupel and staff took over the program, uh, met with them, did a couple of uh, virtual visits, did a couple set in on some you know junior days and whatnot via Zoom. Uh, fell in love with the place and wanted to be here, and so he's been ready to commit for quite some time. Wanted to hold out for a little bit and and uh, kind of allow himself the opportunity to do it at a later date. But uh, nonetheless, that came down the pipe Thursday morning at about 8:30. Vincent Snead is Tennessee's second commit for the class. Of 2022. So, what about Vincent Snead? He's a 6'5 prospect, 253 pounds. Um, He plays a little bit of everything all across the defensive line. He can play a four I, he can play a five, he can slide out into a wide defensive end. He can stand up and get in a two-point stance. He's a traditional four-three D end. Um, I think he'd be fitting somewhere on the edge here in this defense, kind of where he's certainly not as slim and athletic, in my opinion, as a Byron Young and a Tyler Barron but especially a Byron Young but I think Vincent Sneed would kind of play that position here at Tennessee of course he's got a senior season to go at Winter Park Florida and um he's got about 13 offers to date right now so it is important I know you're sitting here saying well Tennessee's getting a pair of three stars big whoop-de-doo well it's the first commits for the class of 2022 you got to start somewhere you got to get the ball rolling and um uh, keep in mind, stars, star ratings are literally not everything. Uh, we've seen so many guys who were underrated come into college and turn into great pros. We've seen guys that came in vastly overrated. We've seen guys that came in and you know, we didn't really know who they were, but when they left Tennessee, they've gone on to star in the NFL. Uh, we see that all the time. And so um, who knows what's in store for these two guys, Elijah Herring and Vincent Sneed, but they are Tennessee's first two commits under Josh Heupel. So it went for a long time without getting any commits and then picked up two in the span of, you know, what, from 1 o'clock Eastern to 8.30 Eastern the next morning. I mean, that's that is uh, that's not a lot of time at all. It's about 19 hours, and so it uh, looks like Tennessee's well on its way. Uh, later this evening, the Wade twins, Destin and Keaton Wade, will make their decision. It's coming down between Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, talented, talented four-star linebacker is Keaton Wade. And a talented four-star athlete is Destin Wade. Keaton Wade's a top, uh, I think he's a top 150 player in the country. Um, nonetheless, Tennessee wants them both, um, but also does Kentucky. Destin Wade wants a job opportunity to play quarterback. I think that he projects better at like a wide receiver, a slot, an athlete type position at the next level, but he plays quarterback in high school. And so he wants to, play, he wants to have an opportunity to at least try playing quarterback at the next level. Um, And that's kind of the hang-up right now. I don't believe Tennessee views him as a quarterback. Kentucky might give an opportunity. So we're going to have to see. Um, If I'm picking right now, I'm siding with Kentucky. I am. But that doesn't mean that it's guaranteed they're going to pick Kentucky today. And even if they do pick Kentucky today, which, again, is what I believe will happen, it's not signing day. Tennessee will be all over these guys all the way up until December when these guys sign. That's the same. That's the thing about committing nowadays. Um, I mean, I hate to... Kind of go off on a tangent here, but committing nowadays doesn't really mean a whole lot of thing because you commit, but your recruitment's still open. You still go on visits, you still talk to coaches and everything. I kind of respect the way that Dabo Sweeney does it, meaning if you're gonna if you're gonna commit to here, you're not gonna go on any more visits. So I kind of respect that. You know, working in the recruiting industry, uh, me and Ray, G, Ray UGA. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's a Twitter joke for anybody that's online, you know who I'm talking about, uh, working in the recruiting industry, you see how different schools kind of handle different things and how they go about things. That's how Clemson does it. Of course, not many, not many, you know, schools do that. And certainly not many schools, you know, have the luxury of doing that. Clemson can because Clemson's Clemson. If Alabama does it, Alabama can because Alabama's Alabama, but you know, Tennessee can't do that. (laughs) You know, uh, Ole Miss can't do that. Kentucky can't do that. Uh, you're you're trying to poach some of these other commits away from other programs. And, you know, Tennessee has been successful in doing that. Jimmy Holiday was committed to TCU. Jimmy Colloway was committed to – actually, Jimmy Colloway was a long-time commit for Tennessee, but Kentucky was trying to poach him away. I remember that. Um, just kind of how it is sometimes. And so, nonetheless, Tennessee has two in the bag and will be looking for some more as uh, we continue on throughout this offseason. Tennessee football spring practice, I was out on the practice field on Thursday. Not going to lie, the energy level when I was out there, a little bit low. Guys kind of looked like they were going through the motions. Uh, Guys kind of looked like they were um, a little little sluggish, but, you know, that's having been in their shoes before. This is spring practice number 10. You've got a big-time scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Remember, it's moving day. That's what I've coined it. Um, So I kind of get it. I've been there, but the coaches totally were animated and trying to correct that quickly yesterday. Uh, examples, Jerry Mack, Alex Golish, Rodney Gardner, Mike Eckler, trying to get the most out of those their guys, and they responded well from when I was there. But uh, nonetheless, a big scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Josh Heupel will meet with us following the scrimmage at about 1230. Look forward to seeing what he has to say, as by that point, there will be only four more practices left, including the Orange and White game. So three more sessions next week than that Orange and White game. And of course, we'll be there to take it in uh, firsthand, guys. Another week's in the book. I can't thank you enough for your continued support of this podcast at Locked On Vols, at underscore Caner. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on the uh, on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a daily, week daily. <laughs> Uh, Tennessee football and basketball podcast available wherever you get it when you wake up in the mornings Um, appreciate the interactions don't forget we've got five-star Friday next Friday Ward Wednesday coming up next Wednesday Twitter Tuesday coming up this Tuesday go ahead and get those questions in at underscore caner at lockdown balls a big shout out to all of our guests this week for stepping in Josh Ward Ben McKee John Wilkerson as well as the VFL and Uh, former NFL vet, Ramon Foster. It's been a whole lot of fun, guys. Enjoy it. Stay safe this weekend, and we will talk again on Monday. You guys have a great weekend.